Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we're going to wrap up our discussion about this problem verse in Leviticus 20 and just how we should think as Christians about the LGBTQ issues in our culture and the folks that we know and love in our own lives who are part of that culture. And as I said earlier in the week, to really understand Leviticus 20, 13 in its contexts, we need to consider several different things. And the first was the biblical context of why are these verses there as it pertains to God's intended design for things like marriage and sex? What are those things for? And that all of the behaviors listed in Leviticus 20, 10 through 16, uh, deviate and break God's design in some way. Next, we looked on Wednesday at the historical context and the fact that all of Israel's neighbors in Canaan were participating in these exact behaviors. And so we can understand a little bit more closely why these specific things were called out, because some of them are pretty deviant even by today's standards. But I mentioned there's a third context, and that is more of the social and cultural context that we need to consider. So why was homosexuality and these other behaviors considered wicked in the ancient Near Eastern worldview? When we would look at a culture like the Greco-Roman culture and see that many of these behaviors were accepted and they weren't a big deal. They were just part of the culture. Well, to understand that, we need to go back and look at a seemingly unrelated verse in Genesis 38, 9, with this this story about Onan, who was killed by God for, quote, spilling his seed. Now, Man, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I promise if you hang in there with me, it's all going to it's all going to make sense. Onan was in this passage, he was a kinsman redeemer, meaning, and we've looked at this topic in other fruit snacks, that he had taken on an optional obligation to create an inheritance and a support system for a widowed sister-in-law of his. His brother had died, leaving his uh, wife, his now widow, basically destitute. And it was a death sentence in that culture for, for a woman not to have a means to support herself through a husband. She couldn't own land. She couldn't just go out and get a job unless she resorted to something dishonorable in that culture like prostitution. And so... It was left to her dead husband's brothers or extended family to take her on and to provide for her sons, at least a son, but sons who then would have a way to inherit the family land and to continue to generate wealth for the family and basically to take care of her and the family so they didn't die. Now, Onan had taken on this responsibility 
And then when we get to Genesis 38 9, we see why God is so angry with him. He'd taken on the responsibility to provide his, his now wife with an heir. Yet every time they had sex, and I'm going to choose my words carefully here, he wouldn't consummate. Meaning that he was basically getting his enjoyment out of the arrangement, but he wasn't doing his job and he wasn't fulfilling his oath to provide an heir for this woman. And obviously that made God furious. And I think if we understand it in that way, it should make us furious too. He's taking advantage of her. Now, there's more to this idea though of spilling seed than just what we see with it pertaining to this kinsman redeemer idea. Not only is Onan breaking the purpose, he's also breaking this idea of family and inheritance, which again goes right back to God's intended design. But even beyond that, there's actually evidence, and we know this from other ancient writings, that spilling seed, which is what we see in here in Genesis, was actually considered murder based on certain Old Testament thoughts and understanding of anatomy. And this is where it even ties into why homosexual behavior was considered murder by certain uh, types of thinking in an, in an ancient Near Eastern culture. And that is because in their pre-modern thinking, this idea of seed, they took literally. They thought that the full human person was actually resident inside the sperm of the man. And we see even evidence of this in Hebrews 7, 9 through 10, where the writer of Hebrews refers to Levi being fully resident within the body of Abraham, even before he was born. And that's, again, right back to this thought that the seed was the whole person, that the whole person resided inside the man. And that when a man and a woman had sex, that that seed was literally planted in the woman so that it could grow and form a full human being. So therefore, if this is what you believed, and again, even though we know it's not accurate scientifically, I want us to get in their heads a little bit and understand why they thought the way they did, because when you think like they do, it's perfectly logical. If this is how they thought about things, then spilling or wasting seed, as they called it, meant that you were depositing people, whole people, where they would not and could not ever grow. So you were literally killing them. And that's why they thought of certain behaviors like Onan or homosexual behavior or things like bestiality as murder. And so in that kind of thinking, in that kind of context, the death penalty not only makes sense because sin, willful rebellious sin against God's plan and his law is deserving of death in its own right, but because the death penalty actually fits the crime in the Old Testament thinking. It's a life for a life. I'm sure that we don't think about it in those terms, but they did. So I want us to see that because that's an important piece of the puzzle when you understand context as well. So to summarize this whole discussion from this week, when it comes to LGBTQ lifestyle or behavior, any of it, I hope that we've seen within the context of this passage in Leviticus 20 that gay people or homosexuality is not actually the focus of this passage at all. 
this passage is about any sexual choice or behavior or decision that falls outside of God's intended design and purpose. And while the consequences, practically speaking, of these different kinds of behaviors or choices might differ, the badness, quote-unquote, of them doesn't. And so as Christians, when we look at homosexuality as a sin, we're not wrong to look at it as a sin, but we are wrong if we treat it as any different or worse than any other sexual sin that deviates from God's intended design and plan. And so as Christians, this is a challenge for us really to be consistent with Scripture and to be consistent in how we treat others and in what we believe. If we believe that God's design is what it is, then we should be just as willing to call living with a boyfriend or girlfriend in a heterosexual relationship as sinful and as much breaking of God's intended design as any other type of sexual sin. So I hope that this helps us understand and unpack the context, the full context of a passage like this. And it also helps us answer some of these hard questions because I think when we understand it, it should give us a more firm understanding of what God's intended purpose for these things are and that we as humans don't get to just decide that something God made for a certain purpose could or should be used in any other way. 